Right, welcome to the Tech for Tech Tech Talk. This is episode six, Should I Get a Shot? This is a live show. We are streaming live to the Tech for Tech Facebook group and page, YouTube and Twitch. You will now be able to listen to the show on Apple, Amazon, Google, TuneIn and Spotify podcasts. So you've got plenty of ways to watch us. I'm your host, Phil Griffiths. Today I have five co-hosts. First of all, we have Jennifer Griffiths, who is the owner of Tech for Tech. How are you doing today, Jennifer? I'm doing very well, Philip. How are you? I'm not doing too bad. Thank you very much. Secondly, all the way from Ireland, we have Cormac O'Donoghue. He is KFC's worst enemy, who is known to locals as the Chicken Man. And he is from Crosshaven Computers. How are you doing today, Cormac? Sweet Jesus. I wonder how I get any business with him known as the Chicken Man. It's all good in Ireland. It's all good. Uh, we also have Ben Ashcroft from Bugs and Bytes Computing in Lincoln returning to the show. How are you doing today, Ben? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you, Phil. Good, good. And we also have Bruno Matters returning to the show. He is from Morley Computers in West Yorkshire. How are you doing today, Bruno? Very well, very well. Thank you. And last but not least, we have uh, a newcomer to the show. Please welcome Peter Whitehouse from ScanStation Computers in West Sussex. How are you doing today, Peter? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Phil. It's great to be here. Thanks. Nice one. Right, let's off, start off with an informal chat while we're waiting for everyone to log in. Um, what have you been up to this week, guys? Um, you can basically mention what you've been doing, a tip, um, some advice, anything like that. We'll start off with you first, Cormac. Thanks, Phil. Um, I thought my tip would be... Um my tip would be actually the tech for tech groups, you know, and if anyone's listening on podcast, join the Facebook group. It's really helped my business, you know. We we, we can't be a master of every everything. And I could a shout out to two people in the group. One was a lady who was on last week, Alison Cook, which I send my data recovery to. And I I'm I'm not the reason I'm plugging is is because anyone, the customers that I have sent to that left that the data recovery I can't do anymore, and um, I'll send it off to them. They're all after, all the customers are after getting back to me saying they're extremely happy, and it reflects well on me on my service. Besides my little kickback I get anyway, but it actually it makes people come to me more, and also you say this guy's honest, this guy's trusting. He sends us to people who are trusted. He'll bring computers to me, you know. And the second person I want to give a shout out to is that. We're very busy as techs, you know. And last year there was people, you know, trying to sell services and this and that. And they pound you with countless phone calls, you know. And there's um, Karen in the group there from Cloud Dolphin, you know. And uh, we, we linked up and I might be using the product after Christmas. But I loved his style. There was one meeting, he didn't pound you with 10 phone calls. He didn't pound you with anything. It wasn't, it was, we went on, we done a Zoom. Showed me the product and I was glad, and then we got to myself back to it. And that was beautiful. I get, I get 50 phone calls, 50 WhatsApp messages, and 50 emails a day. I cannot have people bringing me up sales, but anyone who's too pushy, I just say forget about it, even if it's a good product. So that's two good members of the group, you know. Um, so that's, that's my tips of, uh, of the day there. Right, thank you for that, Cormac. Next, we'll go on to Ben. What have you been up to this week, Ben, or have you got any news or tips or advice? Um, yeah, I'm keeping busy, thanks. Um, I think the the new 30 series graphics cards have just been released. Um, GeForce had seen a lot of issues with uh, capacitors and to do with the configuration of the new cards starting to come through. Um, I think probably a better thing to hang on to the older cards at the moment and wait until they Iron out the teething problems with a new set of cards, possibly. Yeah, that's a pretty good idea, to be honest. I'll be mentioning a bit about that in a few minutes. Um, got some interesting information about stock on that one. But first of all, we'll go on to uh, Bruno. Have you got any tips, advice, news? Um, I think it's just kind of a follow-up of what Cormac said, really. So this type of show that we that you guys are watching now, and we're all here, it's kind of the reason why I joined Tech for Techs to start with. So I started my business like in the beginning of the year. I was looking for advices, tips from people that had their IT shops uh, that were doing repairs. Uh, basically the same the same industry, really. And I just wanted anything, really. And I found um, or I came across either on Facebook or YouTube some of Phil's videos. And I thought, oh, this is quite interesting. 
Then you mentioned tech for tech groups. I joined in uh, exactly because I wanted more of this type of information and kind of ended up much more than I expected. So from other engineers to, to help, uh, to sourcing parts that you can find anywhere, really. Um, it's, it's a very together group type of, uh, where everyone is just very friendly, very open to help, really. So very happy to be here and kind of share the little that I know with anyone else. Well, it's good to see that you're all enjoying the group, that's for sure, and uh, we're providing some sort of information for you. Right, let's move on to Peter. Have you got any news advice, tips, or anything along that lines? Um, yeah, I mean, it might seem super obvious, but what we're finding at the moment is everyone's beefing up their home office setups, getting ready for lockdown or being sent to work from home. So I definitely make sure if you're doing any outbound marketing or just speaking to customers, make sure they're aware you can provide everything for that home office, the networking, the computer equipment, web, everything. Um, and just make sure you can, they know that you can help set it all up and provide all the labor. There's, 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 there's good money to be had in, in the labor setting all this sort of stuff up. That's what we're finding anyway. Yeah, that's pretty good advice, to be honest. I'm going to say it's uh, one of those unfortunate things is more and more people are having to work at home, but uh, obviously we need to make sure everyone's got support. So that's brilliant. Um, next up, we've got Jenny. What news advice tips you got? Well, I've, I'll just tell you what I've done this week. Um, this week, I wanted to uh, do a little something for my gamers in my community. So I appealed to them on Facebook and asked them, what games are you playing? And I got a really good response with that, uh, more than what I thought I'd get. And I took the names of these games that they said they're playing and I researched them for the minimum spec required to play them and I've made it into a spreadsheet. Now the object of that exercise is when they come in the door and they ask can you make me a machine to play Fortnite, Call of Duty, blah blah blah. I don't have to Google each game. I've got it on a spreadsheet right in front of me, glance at it, and go. It's that simple. Now, it doesn't stop there. I have also shared it into the TFT group, um, and I have made it a, uh, a post about that. And you can also add to it and email it to me back with things that you might want to add on to it that People have asked you as well, and I put my email address in the post. Well, that's uh, pretty good. And they say, I know a lot of people will say, oh, you can just Google this information, but it's nice to have it on a sheet in front of you where you can actually get that information up in front of you there and then and compare uh, and so forth rather than having to load up 10 different pages with different games and stuff. So it's good, good to have it in one place. Right, on to my news and advice again regarding what uh, Ben said regarding the 30 series graphics cards, the 38s and 3090s. I've been talking to um, a couple of places, should we say, suppliers of the new 3090 graphics cards. This is about the 3090s, not the 80s, um, for when they were launching it. Now, it might sound a little bit strange, but um, both of these places... Um, had varying things to say, but one of them only actually had free cards delivered to them um, for sale on that day. Um, so that's free cards total, not free of each brand or whatever. That's just free cards. And that is, well, a bit concerning, really. Um, if you think about it, um, these are very popular cards at the moment. And this place, what they're recommending or should I say, NVIDIA is actually recommend people go there. So if you go to NVIDIA's website, look for the 38, uh, 3090, and it is one of their approved sellers where it links you to and say you can buy these cards here. They only had three cards on launch day. Um, not only that, I heard from another supplier who's also one of NVIDIA's, is saying they didn't say how many cards they got, but every single card they had in for launch, they didn't actually sell to the public. They put them in machines and sold the machines. 
plus because obviously anyone who wanted the 3090 graphics cards means they would have to have bought a new PC to get hold of one on the day. Obviously, they sold out pretty quickly, but it meant obviously they were getting more of a premium because they're selling obviously an i9 or an i7 machine or whatever, but they didn't have any actual stock available for the standard consumer. I don't know about all the others, but for those two suppliers um, who are on NVIDIA's uh, list, they only had those free cards, or at least one only had free cards, which is, I think, a little bit dreadful, to be honest with you. Right, that's it, I think, for the news and advice. Let's move on to the main topic today, uh, which is, should I get a shop? Okay, so... We're going to approach this as if you've already got some form of business like an MSP or call-out service and you've already registered for all the basics like HMRC and so on um, because obviously if you're in the Tech for Techs group, you're going to be some form of tech one way or another. So first of all, obviously I've got different things to say and so forth. I'll pass it on to everyone in the group, see if they've got anything they want to say. There's going to be people in here who will say don't have a shop. There's people in here who have already got a shop. There's uh, probably people who want to open a shop as well. So if you want to comment into normal uh, chat as well um, from obviously what on Facebook or YouTube, we will actually uh, read out those comments as well um, for your advice, what you're giving out. Obviously, this conversation is advice. What works for one person may not work for others. And as always, it's down to you. So no coming to me in a year's time saying that you've gone bankrupt for because we're telling you to do something a specific way. As I said, everything is obviously uh, down to basically how you do it and everything's different per area as well. Right, so let's go on some advice. Let's start off with Jen. What have you got to say about starting a new shop? Well, first of all, um, research. Research your area. Find out your costings. What's it going to take to run the place? What do you have to make to break even? And realize that you're not going to just have to break even. You're going to have to uh, have other expenditures. Um, and what I mean is it's not just rent and lights and internet and telephone. And way hey, you've got council tax, you've got possibly staff to pay, incidentals. You need to have some money in the bank so you can order parts for repairs, parts for builds. You don't want to make the customer wait until their money clears because it makes it look like, but you broke. And that's not good. So you need to have a little cushion on one side. Don't just go in full Johnny and say, right, we're here. We're going to do this. We <laughs> it doesn't work. Trust me. You even might want to consider that you're going to need uh, a microwave. You will need little things. It adds up. Uh, a Hoover even. You're going to have to clean it somehow. It doesn't clean itself. And all of these things, they add up. It's like having a second house, if you will. Just about, it's just about like having a second house. And you're going to have to stop this place as well. So my advice to you is don't buy anything for stock that you can't use yourself. And what I mean by that is stock paper, because you're going to need paper. Uh, you could stock uh, some form of ink for printer. I wouldn't go for every brand. Pick one and stick to it. Uh, also, things like hard drives, power supplies, SSDs, keep those in stock. You will use them. Uh, don't go out and buy gadgets. I got stuck with some gadgets. They ended up being everybody's Christmas stocking one year. So Okay, have we lost her? Okay. Looks like we made don't, it. Don't do that. Always keep it to what you know that you can use. 
Sorry, Jim, we lost you there for a second. You just, you just went completely quiet. So uh, the last 30 seconds. Oh, I was just saying, um, never buy anything that you cannot use in some way uh, for your stock, whether it be SSDs, hard drives, power supplies, paper, things like that. Uh, we got stuck with gadgets one year. We bought some gadgets to stock in, in the store, and they became everybody's Christmas stocking because we couldn't get rid of them. So if you don't think that you can use it in a build or a repair, it's probably best to wait about stocking that. Um, well, with exception being keyboards and mice, because you know you will sell those. Yeah. Okay. Has any of you other guys got any advice or anything you'd like to add into that? Exactly what Jenny just said. Um, I did the same mistake. So I, when I started getting more customers, when I opened the business, or um, well, not the shop, I work from home. Okay, um, but when I started getting a, a good number of customers, I stocked things like uh, computer cases, um, hard drives, even though that I was selling mostly SSDs. Um, what else? Keyboards, like I, I, I bought like a few, like I would say a good t- 10 different styles of keyboards and bundles and things like this. And these is, are things that, at least for me, I don't sell keyboards at all. I sold one keyboard so far. Um, the case, I never used it. I actually assembled it yesterday in a computer that I have for sale that I just thought I'm never going to get rid of this case. So I'm just going to assemble this computer in this case, put the price a little bit higher and just get rid of it. Um, so yeah, but stock on SSDs, memories, the, basically the, the essentials that are basically what you, what you're doing on your day to day. Okay. Thank you for that. Anyone else got anything to add into that bit? So I'd probably agree with what Jenny said. We did open a shop about 10 years ago now, 10, 10 years, almost to this year. And, uh, we bought a lot of components in thought great we'll sell lots and lots of components and really all we needed is is what we would use to assemble systems or do repairs now um very rarely do we sell lots of components i think those sort of customers if they're buying a component they're likely just to buy it online from an e-tailer you can't really add any value to a single component sale all the components we use are going systems or repairs Um, but if i was opening a shop now and we're looking to stock it i'd probably focus more on uh, consumables ink cartridges, cables, peripherals, lots of low-cost, high-margin items that you can quite easily fill a shop up with without spending a lot of money on stock. And that's probably how I'd do it now if I was starting from scratch today. Yeah, that's pretty good advice. There's a rumour actually going around, don't know if it's true or not, but the likes of PC World, apparently they pay for the rent of all the buildings by just selling cables because of the markup they've got on it. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not. That's a rumour what's going on but around, but you can you can easily see that happen. The cables go for £10, £20, and sometimes they only cost pennies in some cases mm. um it used to be like usb cables you used to go in pc world and it'd be like nearly 20 quid for a usb cable and well they cost like 50p or something daft like that or probably less than a pound so they're making hell of a margin on it so yeah i do agree with that has cormac got any advice or <laughs> on advice or whatever the question being is should you open a shop okay and the question is, the way of reading it, is that that question last year and the question this year is a totally different question, okay? Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, that's, that's okay. Now, I started this business for 10, three years ago. I didn't have the money, as Jenny was saying, I didn't have the money for any stuff. I had nothing. I bootstrapped the whole business, okay? And I wanted a shop. But if I had got a shop, it would have turned out to be a bad mistake in my, in my, in my area because... One, and COVID came along with no, which no one predicted. And I dance every day now that I don't have a shop that I don't have to go through those procedures, okay? Now, it also, it's also, it's also one of the reasons why, for me, why I run a shop is that I, I don't just want to do computer repairs. We go into businesses, we do, we do our business customers, we're branching out. Well, I'm trying to get in, trying to market myself more as a consultant, okay? So far, we can use this from a home office. And the interesting thing about the word home office, before 
it was it nearly you felt like a lesser person there because of a home office, all right? But nowadays it's home office, home office, everyone is home office. So we got very lucky where 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 we're at, you know. Now he made some very interesting points about components and they marked up themselves selling uh, all that, you know. And you you that's a good profit margin. And also you have to understand that if you're going to open a shop, it's going to be, you have to be there five or six days a week and you have to be open a lot. Whereas I would have to then pay someone to be in the shop when I went out to my business call, which I know my I have a tech. Then for me in mobile, it's just a way better scenario. So what I feel, well, and I probably work harder than if I longer, longer hours than if I just had a shop. So it's getting strange. It's a strange then, you know. Well, but whatever way you do it, there's two things that I've discovered. Don't be the cheapest, be the best. It's as simple as that. Don't worry, because I've seen the three phone shops in my local village, okay? And they're on their price words and they're cutting their throats. They're going to go at some stage, okay? And there's another guy who worked for me, he set up his own phone shop in a different part of the thing, and he just kept his prices high, and he's just the best, and he's calling it in, you know? That's as simple as that, as that. Never have a rush to the bottom with prices because where the way I look at it is we'll say you will charge 85 to quid for, I don't know, a clean install of windows or something, okay? And our, but the other shop will charge, we'll say 50 quid. People will automatically think you're better because of your higher prices within reason, you know? So opening a shop is, you know, and, I, and I'm finishing this, it's very difficult to be, we're very lucky people who, who run their own business um, in this group, yeah? Because it's very difficult to wear two caps. One to be a tech and to be also a good business person. You know, it's very difficult to propose. Some people are lucky, some people are not. Some people are just techs and some people are going to be owners. It's very difficult then. So if I was starting out, my advice to anyone, I would start from a home. So to realize, can you become a business person? There are two, there are two totally different things. And I'm sure that people on the group will have an opinion on that. But there are two different things between a shop owner working from your house and both, both being a business and being a business person as well, you know? And um, so, yeah, it's, it's a wide ranging topic. Of this one is a great topic, actually. Yes. Um, I would part. I would give so, uh, one tip if you can uh, if you want to open a store and you're already a call out I would try to keep my call out side as well if I could uh, sometimes the store will be very quiet Some t- and during that time you might be having a busy call out sometimes your call out might be quiet and the store is Busy, busy, busy. One can help the other out. That's what Phil and I did when we opened up. Okay, we're lucky. We're both tech-minded. So one can help out the other without having to hire on extra staff. But uh, even so, when we sat down and tried to figure out what we were going to do, he says, well, do I close the call out and we stay in the shop? I said, no. I said, You've established yourself through the call-out. It'd be suicide to get rid of it. People are depending on you in certain situations that couldn't come into the shop. So keep that and, you know, I'll run the shop. And that's the uh, tip I'd give someone is if you're already in call-out and you're known for it, keep that, but have a a shop as sort of like a, a side thing. Okay, yeah, that's uh, that's true. That's one of the points I want to address in a few minutes. First of all, let's go over to Ben because he's been a little bit quiet there. Have you got any advice? Because I know you actually obviously work, I think you work from home or an office. Um, are you interested in opening the shop or is it something you've decided mm, it's not for me and why? Um, I, yeah, I work from home like uh, Bruno and Cormac. Um, I've no plans to open a shop. I've nothing against shop owners. I think if you can make it work, then that's great. You know, I think it's um, a lot of it comes down to personality as well. It's I've done jobs where I work shifts and I've done nine to five Monday to Friday, and it's not me at all. Anyone that knows me will tell you I'm just <laughs> I like sort of freedom a bit of working from home. 
if I've got a quiet week, it's great. I get more, more free time. If I've got a busy week, I'm up under, crack on, you know. Um, I still do the call-out side of things. The call-outs, I think, are a great thing for retail or working from home. Uh, I think they can be very lucrative. It's, um, I verge more towards the hardware side of things, but now and again, you get software call-outs. Like, I think I won the guy wanted to go and fix his microphone or something the sound is not working his computer and got there, fixed the issue for him, charged him for the fixing issue. And then said to him, look, your computer is sort of 12 years old running on Windows 7 and he ended up buying a whole brand new computer system off me from it, sort of thing, you know? So it's, um, yeah, the college are definitely lucrative. And I think what, uh, I think it's Cormac said about the pricing, getting your pricing right. And again, whether you're in a shop or whether you work from home, it's spot on as well. Don't be the cheapest because you attract the wrong type of customer. Yeah. It's not a race to the bottom. It's a race to sort of keep surviving, get a sort of name for yourself. And yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, it's not everyone's cup of tea. And uh, again, it is one of those things you do having a shop, give up some of your freedom. Um, because obviously, if you're used to working from home or whatever, as you said, if you're not busy, you can work on something else or you can put your feet up or whatever. Um, but when you're in your shop, you're stuck on that nine till five, nine till six or whatever time it may be. Right. Let me go through some of the things uh, I would uh, advise. Um, the first thing would be, is it something you actually want or need? And when I say that, I mean, is it something you've always wanted a shop? Or is it you're thinking, right, I need to expand, I need more income, I need to support more family or whatever it may be. And generally, you need to figure out which side of those are you're on. Because just because you want something doesn't always necessarily mean you're going to get it or you need it or potentially it's going to help you out. Um, so, for example... Um, you may have seen an opening in the market. There's no one in your area doing iPhone repairs or Apple products as a whole, or let's just say custom-built computers, and you see there's room in the market for you to fit in. You think, hey, yeah, okay, I can open a business here. There's demand for it. There's need for it. That's brilliant. But if you're just one of these people who's going, right, I just want to shop for the sake of it because I want to shop, I think you need to do a bit more research before you jump all in because the last thing you want to do is spend all your time and money and effort on something which you don't know anything about potentially. You might know how to repair a computer or repair the device, but you might not necessarily realise there's another six shops on the same road you're looking at uh, which do exactly the same thing. And even though there's a lot of people to go around, um, there's generally only so many people wanting the phone or computer fixed at once. So always do research on what you're going to do and what you're going to offer. So about nine, ten years ago, uh, when I finished my studies uh, in IT, I had to do two different internships. So one was uh, doing mostly networking, call-outs, this type of job that I do now. And uh, the other one was basically in a, in a computer shop on the basically repairing computers. Um, the one that was in callouts, I didn't enjoy it at all, not a single day. Um, but then it might have been the person that I was working for at that moment. Um, but the shop and repairing computers was something that I absolutely loved it. And up until today, I still have that. I wouldn't call it a dream, but I would call it, um, almost like a fantasy of having my own shop, my own way, my own workbenches and everything. Um, and that's where it gets very conflicting, okay? Because from from exactly what Ben said and, and what you what you were saying now, Phil, about the, the need and the want, uh, I always wanted it and I have the possibility to do it now. But at the same time, should I? That's the question. Um, like um, Paul uh, Paul Kovach, the managing director from Target last, last week, um, you asked him the same question. And his answer kind of, put me back to the idea of having a shop. Um, basically, I was off the idea because now it's all working from home. Uh, people are a lot more accepting the fact that you don't have a shop, but you have an office home or you have a workshop home or whatever it is. And uh, and it works. It's working. My, my business is blooming and I can't complain at all. Um, but I've always had that idea. Now, there's two things here that kind of favor the shop, which is the elderly customers 
that don't have the the knowledge or the the how to go to the internet and find a website to call this person to come get my computer or whatever it is. Um, so I think I would generate quite a lot of revenue because it's quite a small town where I am, even though that I'm in the Leeds area. Um, but also what Paul was saying is about the, the supply demand, because now we're seeing a supply in people shops and getting more computers because they're all working from home. And eventually, those laptops are going to have a problem, and there will be more demand for us to come and repair. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So it does put me back to the idea. But then, what Jay was saying about if you are, if you if your business is about the callouts, which is for me, I always I started as a out of hours uh, callouts and weekends, and I wouldn't charge extra for that, um, and that would kind of go away if I go into a business unless I hire someone. And this might be um, a tip, I would say. Uh, so I started putting this idea in my head. If I wanted to open a shop, what would I do? I'm going to keep my call out because the business idea remains the same, isn't it? And uh, But if I had to hire someone, I wouldn't hire someone with the same um, technical skills as me. So for example, I don't do phone and tablets. So I would hire someone that has the basic computer skills, but that is very good in phones and tablets. So then I could expand my, my catalog of services and generate a new, a new stream of revenue. Um, but yeah, I have very conflicting ideas about this. And I guess it's, I need to take time to consider the, all the options and see how, how it's going to go with this COVID thing. We never know. Um, yeah. but, but I think we're all getting flavored, uh, uh, favored in terms of, um, working from home and and like Ben said, I, I love it working from home, having my own schedule, fixing whenever I want and resting whenever I want. It's awesome. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I have a question for Peter there and um Jenny and Phil. Peter you Peter you have a shop, don't you? We do, yeah. Yeah, yeah. there's there's four of us as staff, so yeah. we've always got someone there. He have went down the route, you know, so it's a very good question to ask E. If he had your time over again, um, would you do the same? And I'll say this could be something different. And obviously, COVID has thrown everything into the mix. But would you, like for me, as I said, I'm quite happy to have moved into consultancy. I would have had a shop, except I didn't have the money. And it worked out for me. So for E, people who went down the road, what, what's your view now, Peter, after? you know, for people and business. and um, I think if we could achieve the same revenue without it, maybe we could quite happily do without. Um, we're quite lucky. We're in a bit of a retirement area. We have a lot of elderly customers, a lot of high net worth people. We have some nice areas nearby and they all value service. Everything we do, we're not just there to just sell items. Everything is built around services. So if someone comes in, we've got new computers on display. Uh, a lot of our competitor small shops are selling low quality or very, very old refurbished computers. They don't sell any new stuff. So we're the only real local alternative to your big stores, your PC worlds. Most people that buy a PC from us will pay for us to set it up, go around their house, set it up. We always attach Microsoft Office, Bullguard. So um, those we, we make good margin on those sales. Everything we do is built around selling services. Even though we've got stock, we've got components, it's all, all about building it around the services. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I'm going to say we're very similar. It's building it around the services because, as you were saying, um, if we sell a computer, let's just say ballpark, you make £100 on selling a computer. That's that's it. You've probably not got anything going. But if you can sell them extra services, including setup for home setup, or even if you include it in the price or whatever, um, get them onto something like either a maintenance contract, so you've got reoccurring money coming in, or even things like um, uh, backup solutions where you're selling that, and obviously you've gained, you've got more reoccurring um, money coming in. Um, I think we offer mainly from having the call-out service to begin with, we offer more of a service. And that's how the shop originally was. It was supposed to be, our shop was supposed to be a repair store. So people would just bring things to us, we'd repair it, uh, and that was it. It wasn't really a retail store. It's just 
develop from people wanting more and more stuff and then offering more and more stuff. So um, would I do things the same? Now, that's another question. What I want and what I need, um, what I would like to do would be just have a store what we just made computers and we sold computers and we just supported those computers. What we want, well, should I say, what we actually need is what we've got at the moment is something where we're offering the full service range. So we've got the shop and then we're able to go and set it up. So it's sort of a you're killing two birds with one stone sort of things is we're able to get it sorted at theirs or they can bring it to us or however they want to do it so we can help them as little or as much as needed but we do try and sell the services because that's usually where your profit margin is more so you have to remember you're not just selling a product and service you're building relationships and if you're not good with customer service it's it's no use in opening it up um because you will get the irate customer through the door banging on and on and on about how you sold them something that's not working now and blah, blah, blah. And you need to know how to handle these situations and turn them around quickly. You know, say, all right, hey, don't ever say, uh, calm down. That's the worst thing you could ever do. And I always tell Phil this about t- me when I get angry with him. Don't don't say that. The, the best thing you can do is <laughs> say, um, I understand your frustration. I really do. Let's see about what we can do to make it work for you again. And you'll notice that they start coming around when they see that you're offering to help them. Uh, you may not always have the um, answer they want to hear, like uh, your computer's toast. <laughs> but if you're honest with them and you try and offer a solution, it, that's always the best thing. Uh, be transparent. No mm-hmm. one wants uh, someone that's, that's going to give them the world through rose-tinted glasses and everything. Be transparent. Um, you're going to get people through your store that are very dishonest. And an example of that was one Christmas, Phil and I decided to sell some tablets. We had three on the shelf as demos, and the boxes were with them accordingly. We had the stickers on the shelf. Well, I noticed, I turned to look at Phil, turned back, and they said, I'll have this one. And I thought to myself, no, that's not the price of that tablet. I know it isn't. That's the high-end tablet. I know we're not selling it for that. And I looked, and they had peeled the sticker off of the mid-range and put it on there because I could tell where it had been peeled up. And I looked over at the mid-range one, and it was on there. We rolled back footage at the end of the day, and they definitely had. I couldn't say it in the, the store, but I knew they had. And when they said, I'll have this one for this, I said, um, that's, that's not the price. I said, if you look on the boxes above, you'll see the prices for that one or this. Okay, they walked out without buying it, but I was standing my ground. You have to stand your ground sometime. You can't let people push you over. Uh, it's no. And there was one, the same Christmas with the tablets. Uh, we were talking to this couple and they turned and I saw that they had something in their hand. They walked out. End of the day, we couldn't find it. We came back after Christmas, and they said, we bought this tablet, and all we got was an empty box. I said, well, that's strange because the boxes for the tablets are sealed up. I said, if you bring me back your receipt, I'll make it right. We never saw them again because they nicked the empty box off the shelf. So you're going to encounter things like this. It's just knowing how to deal with it. 
So <laughs> expect the unexpected if you have a shop. Yeah, it's true. You do have to you get a few plonkers, let's put it this way, when you have a shop, more so than when you've got a call-out service and time wasters as well. I'm guessing you probably see yeah. a few time wasters we've had in the shop as well, Peter. There's usually that one that's come in and stand around and talk all day about what specification computers they want and then go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You have to cut them off sometimes or, or just politely move on to someone else or do something else. You know, just, They get the hint in the end. Yeah, you always get that, that that one customer who comes in every week, which always has a thousand questions we'll never, ever want anything doing, <laughs> or at least never wants anything doing, or what will pay for anything doing. Um, right, let's just go. Yeah, to just one second there. I'm going to have to go, okay? Um, but I just wanted, before I go, Peter brought up something there. I think he said basically that they're in the best in the area that they're, they're in. And I, I'll leave you on this one. I think whether you're going to have a shot, are you going to be working from home? Be the best. Just be way better than the rest. I mean, when it comes to customer service, when it comes to people coming back with Tim's, you make that call yourself. Be as good as we all do. One of the reasons we use Amazon is they're very good for returns and all that, you know. But whether you're working at home or working in shop, be the best and the money will follow. Simple Absolutely. As that's brilliant. And thanks for the time, Cormac. And we'll see you at the next Thanks show. for being here, Cormac. I really enjoyed it. I'll talk soon. All right. Okay. Speak to you later, Cormac. Take thanks care. again. Take care. Right. Okay. Let's go through some, some of the basics on what you will need to do. Is obviously, if you are planning on opening a shop, you need to cost it up, figure out how much it's going to cost you. You need to figure out basically. If you've got enough money or you've got currently enough money coming in to support it, most shops take two years to make a profit. Some shops never do make a profit. So you've got to make sure is that your current business, as in your call-out service, is able to basically cover the costs because obviously it's going to cost you a lot. You're not going to get suddenly a 1,000 people come through your door on day one. If you do, you're very lucky. Um, so you need to basically ch double check you're going to be able to pay for stuff like rent, as um, others have said, council rates. Um, you may go above the VAT threshold. If you're a call-out service, you're probably under that at the moment, so that might push you above it. So that's VAT you've got to worry about, insurance, security, and that's before, obviously, stock and staff. Regarding that as well, you've got things with credit. Don't fall in the credit trap. Um, I've fallen for it before when we first opened the store. Basically, you don't want to basically suddenly some supplier offer you £5,000 worth of um, laptops, PCs, keyboards, mice, whatever. And then you go and put them on the shelf and then you get no customers come in. And then suddenly, after 30 or 60 days when your credit's due to be paid back, You've got no money. You've not actually sold anything and you've not got enough money to pay your current bills, let alone pay £5,000 for the credit. So when you start off, or at least even when um, you're even a larger company, is try and use money that you've actually got rather than credit, um, especially small companies, independents, because a lot of people fail mainly because they have got all this credit debt. And as I said, we fell into that um, when we started the store seven years ago. Um, you can't go into debt if you're paying it cash money or debit cards. Mm -hmm. You can't. So I would I would encourage someone, if you're just starting out, to use debit cards instead of credit cards when you're using e-tailers and distribution online. Um, if you're going to buy something uh, in the stores for your shop, pay cash, just cash money. I'm echoing Phil, but it's true. You can. It's easy to whip out the plastic and say, put it on my credit card. But when you get the bill at the first of the month, you're going, oh, my God, how are we going to pay this? And it's a soul-destroying feeling when you don't know how you're going to pay it. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's a, a bad thing, credit, but it can be a good thing. The catch is, is you've got to balance it. Obviously, if someone comes in and says, oh, I want 10 grand's worth of computers and you've only got two grand in your pocket, maybe a credit limit may help. 
But if they're wanting, or at least on our side of things, we always ask for the money up front. If they're wanting something done fast, we'll say do a bank transfer. Once you've got cleared funds from a bank transfer, then we'll order the stock. We won't order it on credit. Um, Some suppliers do force you to use credit. I think VIP is one of them. Um, Or I think you can use card, but then they charge you an extra 2% on top of your payment or something along that lines. But obviously make sure you pay off your credit straight away. There's nothing worse than suddenly checking your your invoices after 60 days and finding, oh, my God, I've got all that money I've got to um, dish out, basically. So uh, I'm guessing there's quite a few people have um, fallen into that to trap over the years another thing to mention is if you are planning on opening a shop is where do you open a shop the way i look at it you've got three different places to open it you've got a back street you've got a high street or you've got in sort of a commercial or industrial area. There's benefits and negatives to all of those. Back street um, stores can cost you less in rent, but usually only have street parking uh, and, and low passing trade. So you rely on people coming to you and finding you from search engines or through your marketing and stuff like that. High street shops sometimes have parking uh, and sometimes people have to pay to park, which can put people off, especially if it's more than two minutes walk away. A lot of older customers cannot carry heavy computers, um, but it has benefits for more traffic, as in more people, more customers and stuff like that. So you've got more potential customers, but it can also increase the number of time wasters. So you'll get more people who are just going to just come in and want to talk to you and basically they want you to tell you how to fix their own computer for free. Um, and you need to learn how to tell them no. As in, one, you could potentially be liable if you tell them something and they go and mess it up and electrocute themselves. Um, but also, you really want money coming in. So the best thing you can say is something on the lines of, sorry, we can't tell you over the counter. We need to have a look at it. And so obviously, if it's a little thing like how to change your desktop resolution or something, yeah, fine. But when it's something a bit more technical as in the machine doesn't start, last thing you want to be doing is telling them, stick your hand in there and go and press a few buttons and yank this out and plug this in. Um, And then you've got industrial, commercial area shops. Normally, uh, they have a lot more space, costs a lot less than the high street. Um, And you may even have um, uh, a bit more parking there uh, as well. We might even have a few parking spaces, Um, but you will get less um, passing traffic, but potentially you could get more business work if from the local area as well. Um, So that might be nice. Um, Are you on the high street, is it, Peter? Um, We're in a small parade of shops in in a village, so we've got... There's a local pharmacy, butchers, and then we're a bit further down in a parade of shops. Um, yeah, we've got so, parking yeah, up front. it's about like us. Yeah, so we're, we're sort of a, just off the high street on a back street, so we've still got the advantages and disadvantages <laughs> in together sort of thing. So parking's always an issue with us. Um, do you not have any? Never enough. Well, we do have a spot out front. However, the locals like to take up our spot and leave their works van there for a week so (laughs) getting deliveries and customers and everything can be traumatic at times but if they seem to be patient and understanding they know it's a busy street because coming up it you have to just about crawl and you have to bring in your wing mirrors so but our shop is what we call a destination shop you know that you're going in to my shop to spend money. You're not going in there to just mooch about and look. You're going in there to spend money, get a repair, get a new computer, whatever, or a quote even. You're not there to play. You're there to do business. And that's that's one thing about being on the back street that is good you're you're going to weed out time wasting. Yeah, it's very rare we get a customer who comes in who doesn't actually spend. Uh, with a rare exception, if someone wants a mobile phone doing, we don't do mobile phones, we'll send them to a competitor's shop. 
So yeah. let me just go through a few of the comments uh, from people in chat. Uh, Richard Creedy says, uh, do your research in your town and so forth. Pretty much like we've said before. Um, so, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, we've also got a few comments on YouTube as well from JBMIT um, regarding minimum specs. Um, obviously, bear in mind, minimum specs are exactly that, he says. So yes. make sure, uh, obviously, that is the bare minimum just to start the game usually. And yeah. uh, it'll look like a, uh, playing a game of Pong or something like that, probably <laughs> minimum specs. Um, so, uh, we've got congrats from TechWise on YouTube for saying congrats for nearly getting 7,000 subscribers. Um, and we've also got JBMIT uh, as well saying, yeah, he goes in a lot of shops or seen a lot of people in shops by the looks of it, and they're just playing, playing games behind the counter because they've got nothing to do. So, obviously, I always advise make sure you have got plenty to do. So, um Otherwise, that's pretty much on the comments, I think. Um, I do have a question for you guys that have uh, that have your stores. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't around at the time of the PS4 that was released. Um, did you ever notice any, any business going down with the releases of the PlayStation, the next boxes, and etc.? Or it doesn't really affect you at all? I didn't because um, there is always going to be the console gamer and there's always going to be the PC gamer. Mm. It will fluctuate, though. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um, I can't say um, we've ever had, we don't deal with consoles anyway. So generally, you tend to find people who are into consoles are into consoles, people who are into PCs are into PCs. You may get a bit of crossover. But we find a lot of people, if they start off with consoles, they usually emigrate over to um, PCs or something like that. Is usually a lot of things, usually in the teens or getting up into the 20s. Some don't. Some stay on consoles for the rest of their life. Um, some like both. But uh, um, I can't say it's really affected us ever any consoles. Um, just one more person asking a question. Um, it's not really... Tech talk related, but he's saying he's got a Z370M motherboard uh, and he's planning to buy an i9-900K. Will it work? If I'm right, the Z370 does support the 9900K, but it may need a BIOS update if I'm right. Yeah, it, it will need a BIOS update. Yeah, it possibly will. You'll have to double check to see what BIOS um, update you've got on, on there. Um, but if you check the manufacturer's uh, website, which is Gigabyte, and click on support, uh, then it will actually tell you on there which um, uh, processes it does support. So I'm pretty sure that one will work on there, but it will need a Again, a um, I must say, please do your research on your own, though. Don't hold us to anything. These are just off the top of our head remarks right here. So do your research before you go out and buy a processor and a motherboard. Yeah, right. Let's go through a few things really quickly before the end of the show because we've only got roughly five minutes left. A um, couple of things what you need to figure out is how are you going to um, offer your service? Are you going to specialize? Are you only going to do stuff like building PCs or Apple repair or new computers? Or are you going to be a jack of all trades? Um, obviously, jack of all trades, you've got more stuff you can repair and so forth um, and so on. But you may not be as an expert and so forth that's why i've stuck with windows rather than apple we have a competitor store we're well, not really a competitor i'd say more of a friendly store um that we deal with we send all apple repairs and uh, same as tablets and phones to them they send call outs for repair jobs to us so we work together so that's another good thing is don't be an enemy of your competitor actually be friends with them because they work may together. be you out and obviously vice versa so there's always services that one can't do and the other can um, there may need be a job somewhere where they suddenly need a hundred computers set up and they need help and yeah. you're the person to help so you're the local expert with them uh, if you work together you can become successful together and you I will think get if they don't want to, to be friendly 
you will get more done as a team with the surrounding shops than you would ever do as if you try and be bolstered up and oh i'm better than them i don't have to talk to them talk to them form a relationship if there's something that you know that you're not good at doing pass the trade to them like phil said it shows uh, a good relationship is is a, a really needed thing in this trade you can gain from it i do every day i get people saying uh the shop down the road recommended you for this they get oh mrs chip sent me they said that you'd do me right so yeah it's like phil said make sure that you are friendly with your locals it doesn't mean that you have to go out and tell them to go to that shop all the time you don't want to shovel your customers off but you know do do make sure that you form a good relationship yeah, that's true. Uh, just a heads up regarding that CPU. I've just double checked with the motherboard. Yes, it will support that CPU with BIOS revision F11. So make sure you've got BIOS revision F11 on that motherboard. It doesn't specify say it on their main page, but if you go into their support and then the CPU list, it is supported. But as I said, you will need the latest BIOS update. Right, let's go round everyone first before for like final thoughts. If anyone's got anything to finish off with before we end the show, let's start off with Ben. Do you have anything to add? Um, no, I think that's sort of pretty good points you made. Um, I think what Jen was talking about the whole credit thing, yeah, beware of the credit thing. It's um, it's not something that you can't at all. I've always been very sort of pay for everything they've got. Um, it kind of changed a bit when the lockdown hit because my suppliers, it wasn't an official credit, it was a gentleman's agreement, sort of three weeks, and it worked well, but I can't sit in another sleepless night or two. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it worked out well. And yeah, it's um, be careful what you buy from where as well, sort of thing. Yeah, that's true. We're going to say credit trap can be a, a big thing. Uh, what about you, Peter? Do you have any final advice? or? Um, yeah, I mean, just to compliment what Jenny was just saying about working with other IT businesses uh, in the area. I mean, when we set up, there was a couple of local call-out guys that were well-established, and uh, we made contact with them, and we ended up supplying equipment to them. Now, over the years, they've they've retired or they've not been able to work, and they just passed all their call-out business on to us. So um, we've picked up customers from having that relationship there. So we looked after them. Um, if they had some customers that wanted a lot of equipment and they didn't want to fund it, they would just send them straight to us as well. So it, it's really good to, to work with similar businesses, uh, even if they do something slightly different to you. You don't have to view everyone as a competitor. You know, we don't need that race to the bottom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we like had this. We word. had the same thing happen here. Um, a local ink store. Um, he sold just ink. I mean, all brands of ink. Well, he closed, and uh, he came into our shop to get something one day, and um, he told us, he says, you know, I've, I've retired. I've, I've shut the shop. And uh, he gave us a business card where he kept some stock, you know, stock. And uh, he said, if anybody's looking for anything, would you pass that on? I said, sure. Um, but now I get his trade as well. Uh, when he needs something for computers, so it's it's really good to to work with each other. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, does anyone else have anything else to add before I put some final thoughts in myself? Um, if anyone is like about to start the business or starting their business, just like me, um, I didn't have any money to to start my business. Um, basically, I invested what a hundred pounds into starting my business. And uh, that was pay insurance, pay a, a software like QuickBooks. You pay three or four pounds a month to to do the invoices and keep your contacts and everything. Um, that's pretty much it. And then you have the first computers coming in. An SSD costs you 20, 30 pounds, um, a memory. And you start generating as a very small revenue from here. And with these 60 pounds you made in this week, then those 60 pounds, you can buy three SSDs that then you're going to resell them again. So instead of 
going into your line of credit and that you don't know when you're going to pay and you're just going to pay interest. Try to work with what you got and it will grow over time. And yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes I still use credit though. Um, I don't go over, for example, if um, I think it was about three weeks ago, I had a couple of uh, business customers contacting me because they were afraid of the second lockdown and they wanted a couple of machines. And uh, I just had spent lots of money on stock. I had no money whatsoever and I needed to order a few machines. So I ordered a few machines. It was like 700 pounds. I didn't have it. Credit, as soon as those customers paid me, I paid the credit straight away. That's out of the way. Anything else is profit. So it's just keeping your your business accountable for what you're doing so it goes well instead of... Mm. Yeah, well, I agree with that. As obviously invest in your own business. As obviously when you get that money coming in, don't go out and spend it straight away. Put the money back in and keep putting it back in. And obviously you've got to live off of some of it, but you need to invest it. Don't spend it all on holidays straight away. Just keep putting more and more in. Um, just to run a few a few things through the chat, um, let's have a look. Marion says, um, can you offer too many services? I think you can. Yeah. That depends on how many people you got working for you and so forth. Obviously, if it's just you, well, you could offer a lot of services, but there's a hell of a lot of stuff you've got to remember and keep up to date with, to be honest with you. I'd say your best for keeping to a set amount of things, like uh, just do Windows repairs or Apple repairs or whatever. If you feel you can do it, well, that's up to you, but just make sure one side of your services isn't suffering because you're doing too much. Obviously, if you've got other staff, I think uh, uh, Peter, meant, uh, was it Peter or, or Bruno? I can't, can't remember who it was now, but someone mentioned that they uh, got another member of staff in. Um, was it Cormac? Cormac. Members still lots of staff in anyway, basically, to uh, uh, help out and uh, um, do certain tasks and so forth. So, uh, obviously, different people are um, probably better at doing different things. Um, on that, don't stretch yourself too thin. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're taking too much time on one project, uh, you're going to make someone else wait longer for their repair or their build. Uh, because that's why we don't do phones, that they're so tedious and it's just me and the shop and it will take so long to do. And in that time that I would be working on that phone, I could have gotten three laptops serviced. That's no joke. I mean, so, so don't, don't spread yourself too thin. I'm a- what I, I did that, I started offering when I opened my business uh, tablets and, and phone repairs as well. I don't do tablets myself or phones, but I have someone that I work with quite often that does them. So I just thought, I'm just going to outsource these, add more services. And what ended up actually happening was I didn't have time to repair the laptops that I had because I had to run around to pick up computer or to pick up computers, pick up laptops and, you know, tablets. And in the end, you have your speciality and you know how to make money with that. And for example, in my case, two phones, it's not worth for me to spend three hours to make a 15, 20 pound profit. And the the margins are so slim on the phones and stuff like that. I think the other thing you have to be really cautious with, um, if you're going to start outsourcing people to do phone repairs or to do board level repairs, you've got to be so careful who you're picking up to do that work. Um, Not only that, not only that, you've got to account that these people are going to put their work first and yours will come second. Yeah, I got I got a bit stunned last year. Um, I had a guy approach me through a Facebook page claiming he had 30 years of electronics experience. I, I didn't give him any customer stuff. I thought I'd test him on some of my own stuff at second year dead stock. Tried him on that. It sat there for weeks on end. Um, he made some worse to the point it was completely non-repairable what he'd done. Um, mm. There's a really good guy who I deal with on Tech for Tech who actually helped me out a lot with that situation. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to name drop or not, but... <laughs> you can mention his first name and that way you, if you want, so that's up to you. It's Zach. <laughs> Right, well, well done, Zach, anyway. <laughs> right, let's get this finished up because we're a little bit over time. So just uh, one thing what Richard said, 
um, is obviously keep up to date with obviously new stuff coming out, new tech news, stuff like that. I think that goes for pretty much uh, if you're a home tech or a, a shop anyway. Um, but I'm just going to finish it off um, is with pricing. One of the most important things that we'll talk about in the future on another show is pricing. Make sure you don't sell yourself thin. You need to make sure you're pricing yourselves the same sort of prices as your competitors. Because if you offer, let's just say, the services, what you're going to do at half the price, and I see this done quite often, and I must admit we've been guilty when we first opened the store, you think, right, we'll go in, offer the services cheaper, we'll get all the trade and make everyone else go bust or whatever. Um, but to be honest with you, you're just making yourself more work because you attract the wrong type of customer. The customers you get, time wasters, they want everything done for nothing. They're the ones who will complain about the slightest thing, even though it's right. They'll try and get refunds for absolutely everything. They'll expect you to work 24 hours a day for a few pennies or for nothing. Um, this also means you have to work twice as hard to make profit as well. Research your local stores. And if you have none in your town, look for smaller towns locally to you. Price yourself about the same if you offer a service just as good as you do. And just a final thought on that is how many of you out there think you're better than PC World? Generally, when I ask that question, everyone says, me, 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 me. Then why do you charge less? And I'll let you think about that one. If you think you're better than them, why do you charge less than them? Right, so let's end this show off then. So I would like to thank Ben, Cormac, Bruno, Peter, and Jennifer for joining today. If you are an independent trader, store owner, MSP, tech vendor, distributor, you can find out more information about Tech for Techs at techfortechs.co.uk forward slash join. Join over 1,000 members just like you that can give you free business or tech advice. And did I say it's totally free to join with no membership fees or costs to you. Thanks for watching and thanks for supporting local independent businesses.